Hello and welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you make, earn, invest, accumulate and ultimately enjoy more money. Uh, some people say that money can't buy you happiness. Well, I'm here to tell you that money can buy you happiness. Money may not always buy you happiness, but it can buy you happiness and certainly does in, in many cases, including mine and many others, as I've written about in my forthcoming book. Uh, yes, money can buy you happiness. Now, in the book, I've also covered uh, a subject of money management, and I've tried to keep it simple because there's there's so many things you can write about on money management. You can write whole books just on that subject, but I've done a small chapter, and I've called it the three R's of money management. You know, you've got the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Uh, these are the three R's of money management. Now, if you can't manage your money, you'll never be wealthy for long, no matter how much money you earn or win or falls into your lap through some lucky business deal that you've done or some windfall profit that you never never dreamed about. But if you can't manage it, um, you know, it, it will just soon slip through your fingers. Now, that, that's a lot, got a lot to do with your mindset, which is, is a whole new other subject, really. Uh, you know, how, how comfortable you feel with money. But clearly, it's not how much money you earn, but how much of it you keep that determines your ultimately your wealth and your net worth at the end of the day, right? Um, you know, you can earn as much as you want. I've had clients in my financial services day that have earned absolute fortunes and earn, you know, maybe 10 times the average salary of that day of the, of the time. And yet they're always broke, overdrawn and always sort of playing catch up because of their, their spending habits. And, you know, in my book also, I go through some of the stars and the, the celebrities and the sports stars that have earned you know, in some cases, hundreds of millions and yet ended up broke. So, uh, you know, we've got a whole section here, but let's go through those three R's. Now, the first one is read or review. So you can have which R you like. Uh, it, it amounts to the same sort of thing, really. Read or review your bank statement, your credit card statement and your mortgage statement. Um, uh, clearly, if you don't read th these statements, then you don't know where your money's going, really. And certainly on things like your, your bank statement, you could see what money is going out in terms of standing orders, uh, direct debits. And I go through this in other episodes. That, that's a subject in its own, just to check what's going out. You can ask your banks to, to print out your, your direct debits and standing orders because you might be paying out for things that, you know, you've forgotten about. You don't even know, uh, you know, you were paying for. They were maybe set up years ago for some, you know, accident PPI insurance policy or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, years later, you, you're still paying it. And it might not sound a lot, but it all adds up, all these things. Certainly, you can be paying things on your mobile phone bill as well. So that's another one to watch. It's quite easy for people to sort of dip their hand in your pocket, as it were. Um, so read out that list of regular payments going out of your account. And the credit cards is another critical one because credit card companies, uh, you can easily set up things like free trials, like set up this free trial for my magazine or for this uh, subscription uh, three for the first month or three months and then you forget about it um, you know you're not even reading the subscription the subscription and then you know months or years later you're still paying that 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 uh, payment and credit cards are a little bit more difficult to stop the credit card payment and this is why I think companies like them and you have to you know go back to the company and get them to cancel it. it's quite it's, it's not as easy as just going into your bank and say cancel that standing order or direct debit now read and, and again review your loan agreements and terms, preferably before you sign them. Um, you know, so many people I, I've dealt with borrowing you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds 
on, on a mortgage, the biggest loan they'll ever have. And, you know, they get the offer and they just sign it. They, they hardly read it. They say, oh, that's the amount going on. They don't even read it. it it's crazy, really, let alone uh, small personal loans. I mean, a lot of people don't realise that uh, a mortgage company can call in your loan um, for, for virtually any reason. They can just call in and say, we want our money back. Uh, this happened to people after the, the last financial crash when uh, banks wanted to rein in some of the loans and they decided that some people who had, to say, uh, an 80% loan to value now had a 100% loan to value due to their perceived drop in the value of the, the property. And regardless of the fact that they were paying that, that mortgage, they've decided to call it in. So you've got to read these things and, and the terms and conditions you know, before you sign or even apply for these loans. And also read a simple book on managing your finances or, you know, look online at consumer websites uh, like, like my own site, Money Tips, that we'll, we'll be putting stuff up there uh, because it, it just makes a difference to, to just learn a bit about things and, and keep abreast of things. Like this, this might sound blindingly obvious, but in my days in financial services and banking, uh, you know, working for large insurance companies, working for large banks, most people do not even follow one or or two of the the, the steps. Um, so they're always kind of in the dark financially. And just reading about a subject can make a huge, huge difference. You know, Brian Tracy, the great speaker that I met in America once, uh, once said that reading a book for an hour a day on a subject will make you an expert within a quite a short period of time. Or just spending half an hour every morning reading up on your subject, reading your 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 books or, or or online stuff or just listen to audios on the subject will make you an authority within three to five years. You know, if you just spend a few minutes reading up on your own your own financial economy, not the greater economy, but just your own financial economy, um, and you know, you'll become an expert on on your own finances within within quite a short time. You know, people with with money have it for a reason. They they keep an eye on things. Uh, a lot of people I know with money have a, a spreadsheet um, that, you know, they know exactly what's coming in and out all the time. Now, the other R then is to revise. Now, it's no good reading it once. You've got to revise things. Like, for instance, you know, your credit card, you might be paying a, a high interest rate on cards and it's just drifted on for years. You need some time to, to sit down and sort of revise things and say, look, how much am I paying on this now? How much could I get in the market? And it's remarkable the amount you can save. You know, one little thing, one little phone call could save you hundreds of pounds a year. And certainly on mortgages, um, I, I'm always keeping an eye on my mortgages and, and check in when it comes to the end. I'll, I'll look around the market, either myself or get a broker to do it. And, you know, in one case, um, let's say I, I had a, a mortgage which started off at a thousand pounds a month. Now, I think that was about four years ago, and I, I kept changing it, went down to 500 a month. I've recently changed that now to 350 pounds a month. That's from the original loan, that's 650 pounds a month difference. And, you know, it's it's the same mortgage. And I'm actually paying less now than I was, even though I borrowed more money against that property. Now, you can't do that if you just leave that mortgage for the, for the next 20, 25 years. It's no good now. Uh, like in the old days when people bought their house, they stayed in that house, they paid that same mortgage forever on, on the variable rate. You know, you've got to look around at the market. You know, there's um, there's there's so many deals out there now. Yes, there might be fees to move them and, you know, you might have a little bit of hassle, you might have to pay survey fees, but the savings can be hundreds of pounds a month or thousands of pounds a year. And certainly over a term, say if you've, you've fixed it for five years at a lower rate, you know, that, can, that can, can sometimes amount to tens of thousands of pounds. So you must keep an eye on this. 
Um, revise the payments on your credit cards. If you're just paying the minimum amount on your credit card, you need to look at that because in that case, it could take several years to pay that card off. Can I just repeat that? If you pay the minimum amount that the lender or the credit card company requires on your credit card, you just keep paying that minimum amount and never pay any more capital. It will take years to clear the capital, even if you don't spend another penny. So you need to do something about that. Either make payments manually down at the bank or increase the, the, the minimum payment to a set amount or a higher percentage so that you're, you're actually clearing the debt. Because consumer debts and credit cards, I've gone through in another episode, are, are really a killer because the, these rates are far above mortgage rates. They're, they're into the 16, 18, 24 percent. Some store cards can cost 30 percent per annum. Um, and, you know, this is when base rates are now, you know, half a percent. Whereas, you know, these credit card companies were charging those sort of rates when base rates were at 10, 11, 12 percent. And they're still charging roughly the same amount now. So their margins have gone up hugely. Uh, so you've got to keep an eye on things. Even things like revising your utility suppliers, uh, depending on where you live. Uh, again, just changing your insurance and your uh, electricity, your gas company can again save you, you know, thousands of pounds. Uh, just just sometimes all it takes is a phone call or, or go online and just do a comparison. There's loads of comparison websites. There's really no excuse for it now. It's not that difficult. And the government have tried to make it easier and easier for people to shop around. You don't get any uh, loyalty points now, I think, for, for just staying where you are. Uh, the companies will not give you any loyalty. I, you know, I was with the uh, RAC Recovery, Breakdown Recovery Company for years. And one day I looked and, and I got a leaflet. I think they must have sent me by mistake. So I joined the RAC and pay this amount. I thought, hang on a second. You know, I'm paying, I think it was a thousand pound a year for a sort of a, a family thing that covered everything. And, you know, they were offering this thing for half the price. So I got on the phone to them. And, you know, they, they reduced it. Now, you don't always need to move away. Sometimes you can get your own uh, supply or your lender or your card company or phone, mobile phone company to reduce their price uh, in order to keep your business. They want you to stay. So remember, loyalty doesn't really pay. Um, and, you know, this is dead money. If you're just paying out that money unnecessarily and you could save that money, you know, what's the old saying? A, a penny earned is a penny, a penny saved is a penny earned. So I mean, if you save you know, 500 pounds, you might have had to go out and work and earn, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred pounds just to, to get that 500 pound in your hand. So you might as well go and save it. So look, shop out, shop around, revise, shop around for better credit cards, mortgage deals, utility suppliers, insurance. Um, and, and you could really save a fortune. Never been easy to do that. Um, and so that that's the, the revise. Finally, always read the, the terms of your existing supplies to ensure that you're not tied into a long-term contract. Uh, sometimes that can be with uh, electricity companies or uh, certainly on mortgages and loans. So, you know, be careful when you switch that you're not, you know, suddenly hit with a penalty uh, that, that, that obviously is there to stop you switching. Now, the third thing is record. Now, recording income and expenditure on a spreadsheet or one of the many apps is, is really something that I see a lot of wealthy people, certainly people that uh, don't have money worries because they're not worried about money because they know what's coming in and they know what's going out. So even though they might be earning less than you, they can sleep at night because they're not thinking about, have I paid this? Have I paid that? They're not getting red letters. They're not getting county court judgments and defaults against them because they haven't paid bills. They're not getting people knocking on their doors or calling them up because they record 
what's coming in, what's coming out. Now, um, you know, this might sound a bit a bit nerdy or a bit over the top, but it doesn't take a lot of effort, does it? Just to write down uh, what is coming in and what's coming out. Now, sometimes with online banking, you can download bank statements and, and put it into a spreadsheet. But you can get there's many apps now where you can just use them perhaps on your phone or on the computer uh, and and just keep a record of every penny that comes in and every penny that goes out and treat your household and personal household and your budget like a business or a corporation. You know, businesses record what's coming in and what's going out. They they have, you know, annual uh, statements. They have annual accounts. They have quarterly reports. Um, now, you, you could be doing this yourself. You should be doing this. You should have your annual report. You should have... Uh, just like directors do, hold board meetings with with your partners or your loved ones, and and sit down and let's check on on how we're doing here. You know, uh, most people don't treat their own home budgets and and finances like they, they treat their own business. And sometimes their personal life can be in a mess, but their business is fine. Uh, but that, that that that's crazy, really. So and also budget forward, budget and make plans for you know what do you need for your holidays this year without having to just put it all on the credit card and pay for it later on. You know, you've got Christmas coming up. What is that going to cost you? Let, let's put something aside for that. You know, I, I've worked inside councils as well and, and they budget every penny. You know, they're, they're dealing with millions of pounds and they will really budget and scrutinise every penny that comes in and every penny that goes out and will go out in the future. And they always keep contingency funds to one side. They've got reserves there. Um, so, you know, usually most councils, 99% of the most government departments are, are, are soundly run, perhaps even more soundly than, than some businesses, unfortunately. But you, you need you need to do the same. You're, you know, run it like it's your own corporation. It's your economy. It's not the economy. It's you economy. And, uh, you know, you, you need to keep on top of this all the time. And recording is the basic, basic step recording. Because once you see it on paper, you'll think, hang on a second, this is crazy. I've got to do something here. I've either got to cut down or I've got to earn a bit more extra money. Uh, but, you know, your, your money is just like a garden. You know, your finances need nurturing to stay in shape. You know, a small garden might need uh, an hour a week. You know, a larger one will need a bit more time, might might require some part-time help. It might require a bookkeeper, an accountant. A huge garden or estate will, will require full-time staff to look after it. You know, constantly working on it like a farm. You know, the farmer knows when to plant seeds, when to weed, when to tend, when, when to, to water. Uh, you've got to do the same. You know, yes, these actions will obviously require an effort, a bit of effort on your part, a bit of discipline. But not doing it will cause you far more pain. So try and think about the pain that it will cause by not taking the action. If you can't motivate yourself to, to do the to take the action, think about the pain. Sometimes we need that fear of pain to, to motivate us. Or it could be a deadline coming up, like you've got to get these accounts in. But you know, what's easier? You know, you think about it. What's easier? Giving the lawn a quick trim every week, going around with the, the lawnmower, you know, when the grass is short, or zoom, 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 zoom. Or is it easier leaving it for a, for a month and then you've got weeds and thorns coming up? What's it? You know, you know the answer. It's a rhetorical question. You know, if you neglect the garden, the weeds will take the garden. Now, finally, I mean, the, the rich and the wealthy really look after their finances. You know, they think about their money all the time. They know what's coming in, what's going out. You know, they're always shopping around for a better deal on investments. Now, I'm talking about wealthy, wealthy people. You know, if you, if you talk to them about their mortgages, they know, right, yeah, my mortgage is this amount, this is that, that's that, I'm paying this, you know, in six months time, that deal comes to an end, you know, within three months, I'll diarise and get the broker to start looking around. 
uh, for better deals for me. They know they're on top of the situation and you've got to be the same. Start thinking like a wealthy person and eventually you, you must become that wealthy person. You know, the less well off, of course, do not. It's just that simple. You know, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, poor, as they say. But, you know, despite having a limited income and less and more time to, to really spend on these things, I've found that those struggling with money are more likely to have no idea what's coming in or what's going out. Um, you know, if you, if, you, if you go and see somebody, when I, when I used to go and talk to clients individually and they come into the bank or I go out and see them, you know, you say to them, what, what, what are you paying on your mortgage every month? They say, mm, I don't know. I, I, I said, I have to look it up for them on their bank statement. Or, you know, have you got any loans? You know, I think I've got that loan. I've, oh, no, that loan was converted. I've got an overdraft and it's been converted to a loan. And you'll find that, you know, that they're in a mess. But if you talk to someone who's, you know, are, are keeping their head above water, they know what's coming in and what's going out. They, they just, just know it, you know, and you've got to be the same. And one way is to, to start recording that and, and looking at that. OK, so think like a wealthy person, think like a successful person with their money and, you know, start becoming that person. Now, I want to finish on on something else, just as a little bonus tip here. Uh, I, I call it the pensions time bomb. And. And there was a survey recently, and this is in America, but it, it equally applies to here. You know, older Americans' number one fear now in retirement is not that they won't have, um, you know, is it, number one fear. Sorry, the number one fear in retirement is that they won't have enough money to afford retirement and enough money to live. Forty percent of baby boomers born in an unprecedented time of expansion in those years following the war and up to the 1670s and 80s. Their greatest fear about retirement was, was outliving their savings. So they're not worried about dying. You know, they're not worried about being lonely. They're just worried about running out of money. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that's crazy, really, that their, their fear is money. And that, that in, in turn, can lead to poorer health. Now, according to a survey, the, this was a survey done of more than 2,000 workers of age 50 and over um, and released. And this is the Trans-America Insurance Company Center for Retirement Studies. 60% of financial planners said that running out of money was the top retirement concern for their for their clients. Uh, this was a survey released by the American Institute of CPAs. Now, I, I know the situation is the same here. There's similar figures here. Now, bear in mind, these people have lived during the most prosperous times and the most wealthy nation in history. And they've outlived their money uh, is even more frightening. Outliving their money is even more frightening than dying. So... Uh, I, I, th I think that's crazy that, you know, they've had all this money, they've earned money, they've had job security during this time, they've had cheaper housing certainly than we've had, and yet many of them are running out of money. And here in the UK, certainly for, you know, the, the generation after the baby boomers, they're in even bigger trouble because they haven't even got the comfort of those uh, company pension schemes that the baby boomers used to enjoy, and, you know, which were rock solid, guaranteed, final salary schemes so and no matter how the economy did and how the market did they were going to get a percentage of their final salary those schemes are not are not are not around anymore uh, so more and more of us are now are left to row our own boat by taking out personal pension schemes or topping up the small amount that goes in in some of these work-based pension schemes and even if you put a lot of money into it you know that that, that money in that pension scheme is subject to the ups and downs of the markets and the ebbs and the flows and you know, there's very little guarantee on those that as there were in the old scheme. It depends on what the, re the returns on the market is over the next you know, 20, 30 years. So a lot of people uh, have those schemes that they're not there's no guaranteed assurance of a pension scheme. And some people are not doing anything at all. 
you know, there's millions of self-employed people in the in the UK and America who are perhaps not putting in any money at all into their pension scheme, or certainly not putting in enough. Uh, I'll cover that in another episode. But you know, savings uh, is 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 going to become a huge problem. And a lot of people are going to find that they won't have enough money to retire, and they're going to be pushing trolleys around a supermarket when when they're in their 70s, as, as we're already seeing. And you know, you can't just rely on the state anymore because the state pension and the minimum amount you would get from the state in, in retirement is, is not going to give you a, a life of, of comfortable retirement. You are going to be living in poverty and sitting there wondering whether you can heat the house or eat, heat or eat. And, you know, we're, all, we're already seeing this poverty and, you know, you can't just blame the government. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we all have the same amount of hours to work and, and earn and do things. And we all have the same opportunities to perhaps go out and do that little bit extra to earn money or put something aside. But that's I'm sorry here to, to finish this on a, on a bad note, but I'm just giving you that warning, giving you that wake up call that uh, perhaps you need to do something and, and think about this. So I'll be covering this in future episodes, looking at perhaps ways that you you can maximize your re retirement income. Personally, I'm doing this through uh, property investment, but that doesn't suit everybody. Uh, and certainly ways that you can perhaps earn a little bit more money and increase your income as well as reducing your debt. So we, we try and have a, a, a wide variety of subjects on money tips, but that, that's the one today. So the three R's of money management, as we said, just summarize there, read or review, revise and record. So this has been Charles Kelly, uh, bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, enjoy and accumulate more money. And thank you for listening, and I hope you'll be with you and tune in again. Thank you very much.